Alright, so hello there, and first of all, I'd like to apologize for last week's podcast. This is the Memory Labs Podcast, and I'm Tim. I'm Jinji. And I'm Tyson. Alright, fellas, um, we apparently got some actual heavy topics to discuss this week, so you want to get right into it? <coughs> Screw you, wizards. I mean, uh, <laughs> I guess we can just get right down to the nitty gritty. Okay. Much like uh, Memory Labs indicates, we, for our first few episodes and some thereafter, largely enjoy talking about some... Uh, Wizards of the Coast oversights. A lapse in memory. Mm-hmm. So this time, I'll draw we here. have uh, yeah. yeah, we have standard. That's my line. Shut changing up. to standard, changing to standard. Okay. So previously we had the two block rotation back when blocks were three sets. Right. And they each featured a core set. Right. You know, that was a rotation back then. Yes. Then we went to the new blocks where there are two set blocks, mm-hmm. and we had dragons and origins become a merged block because it was big set, little set. Yeah. And then we... And then origins was the last core set, so that's a big thing that has to do with this as well. Right. And, you know, we were going to a three block when the fourth block comes out rotation. So, mm-hmm. you know, we were going to have an 18-month rotation. Right. Well, now we're back to the annual rotation. Right. So this may not seem like a lot because it's like, well, guys, the three-set blocks with the core set was four sets. Right. And that's exactly what we're doing now, right? Yeah. Well, the answer is no. Right. So what what was – just tell me what the change was in rotation. Let's, <laughs> let's do this in steps. All right. So we used to have the three-set block with the core set. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, your yearly rotation. Right. You know, they would rotate once you had two full ones. Right. And you'd have a small period of overlap with these core sets mm-hmm. because the core set would stick around with the block that it came out with. And then whenever the next set of the next block hit, you would rotate. Right. So your core sets were in for about 18 months. Pretty much everything was in for like at least 15 to 18 months. I think it was mm-hmm. all 18 months. Right. At a minimum. Right. So then we went to what was going to be, you know, continuing an 18-month rotation, but instead of being, well, some of that stuff would be in for up to two years in the previous rotation. Right. So then we went to what is going to be a definite 18-month rotation, where it was going to be Dragons, Origins... um, Battle and Oath. Yeah, Battle, Oath, Shadows, Moon. Right. And then when Kaladesh came out... We rotated out Dragons and Origins, which puts us on tack, on track for our 18-month rotation that they announced and that we were going to do. Right. You mm-hmm. know, our three blocks, when the fourth block comes out, boot one. Right. <laughs> well, now we're back to the yearly rotation structure. Mm-hmm. Where we have what used to be three-set block plus core set is now block one, block two, block three, block four, when Block 5 comes, and I'm air-quoting that for those of you who can't see this. Right. Um, People thought Block 1 was going to rotate. Right. Which means we're still on everything has 24 months. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, what happened when we went from, you know, what you would expect to happen when you go from the 3 set to the 4 set and, you know, 5th set boots one. Right. Is you would expect everything to be in for 24 months. Right. So what's happening is we're going to have, what are the block names? We have Battle Oath, Moon, uh, Shadows Moon, yep. Kaladesh, Aether Revolt, yep. and then Amon uh, something. I got it here. 
Uh, Amon Ket, Hour of Devastation. Yeah, Amon Ket, Hour of Devastation. And that is, you know, our fourth block. Right. So currently the other ones are in production. We have, don't have actual official names for them, but they're codenamed Ham and Eggs for the next one, which would be mm. our block five. I was actually kind of hoping Hour of Devastation would be more interesting because its codename was Laughs. That's so kind of funny. Amon Ket is Barrel, Hour of Devastation is Laughs. So I was kind of hoping for maybe an onset or something, but Hour of Devastation does not seem like the name of an onset. It does not. No. All right, so to get us back on topic and get this one over and done with. I mean, they could have made a barrel and monkeys to make it not... Well, I guess that also would Damnation confirmed. Yeah. <laughs> All right, there's the joke. Board we got the laugh. Format. We got it. All right, so when ham and eggs came out, yeah. or come out, yeah. you would expect us to lose... Battle and Oath, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because then we've still got four blocks. Yeah. Yeah. And it keeps well, us on the, what, the 24-month rotation? On the 24-month rotation. You know, the, you know, annual rotation, and I air-quoted annual as well. No, but it's going back to the old rotation is the issue where it's two blocks that we're losing, which right. wasn't exactly the same as the old rotation, because the old rotation was one block, but with the way it is now, with no core sets, we're losing two blocks. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the core sets had some overlap period, which means everything got to be in for at least 18 months. And there are other people that have mathed this far more than I have, but I remember seeing this math. And I'm going to give a shout-out to Channel Fireball, you know, citing their article for standard reverse to a once-year rotation. Uh, the biggest thing of note, like I said, is that we lose shadows and moon with Battle and Oath. <laughs> so what that means is most cards are going to be in for anywhere from 18 months to two years. On right. what we expected to happen. Well, what happens here is Eldritch Moon gets the boot so early that it's only got 14 months in its cycle during Standard. With what we have at present from Wizards of the Coast. Right. When Battle Oath, Shadow's Moon gets booted, Eldritch Moon will have only seen 14 months of Standard play. So this is roughly four months shorter than any other sets had. I count 15. Because it's, it's probably going to be mid-September, but still. All right. So, mm -hmm. Semantics. It's three to four months less than any other set has right. ever had in standard previously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I that mean, I'm aware of. Well, we already talked about this where the core sets pretty much had that same thing going. But again, it was core sets. So well, it was it core sets. Nobody really cared. And you also had the overlap period of full block plus core set plus other four block, plus core set. Right. So you actually had double core sets for a period of time Also, as well. something that core sets did was gave you a lot of filler mm -hmm. from previous core sets. Right. right. So, like, they kept reprinting stuff in core sets, so it didn't feel like it ever really rotated. Well, Origins Origins was a very different beast, <laughs> yeah, though. Yeah, Origins, Origins was, was different, different because it technically wasn't a core set, but it was. Origins is weird. Yeah. Well, yeah. well it, in its core, it was a core set. See what I did there? Uh, but yeah, it was. It was despite the fact that it had a lot of crazy things in it. It was still a core set. Well, one crazy thing, Jace, baby Jace. What are you laughing about? Battle for Zendikar is a core set. What? K O R the core. I hate you. <laughs> okay, so this will be the last episode. No, uh, <laughs> last episode featuring Tyson because he's gonna be locked in the dungeon. Oh, yeah, we do have one of those, don't we? <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. So, what a wall. Let's, let's carry on. Let's carry on with this since we right. have another topic we want to discuss. If we have time, by the way. <laughs> but, yeah. That's, uh... 
you know, the shout out to uh, Channel Fireball's Frank Lepore for having that information accessible for us, knowing that Eldritch Moon is going to be around for 14 months instead of 18. So basically, mm-hmm. we're just we don't get to see a uh, a remedy of that either, because that just continues to happen. Like Eldritch Moon, Hour of Devastation, Salad, Cookies. They're right. all going to see the so same what, short it, lifespan. Every fourth set? Yes. Yeah, the, last every... set the last set in the rotation sees less time. Yeah, mm-hmm. so what happens now moving forward is, you know, we know our rotation setup, assuming that they don't change it on us again. Right. And before is, we get core sets again. Well, we're going to have Kaladesh, Aether Revolt, Amoncat, Hour of Destruction. So after Ham, Codename Ham comes out, uh, we lose Battle Oath, Moon Shadows. Mm-hmm. So we have Kaladesh, Aetherval, Amoncat, Hour of Devastation. Then we have Ham, Eggs, for code names for the one block, and Soup and Salad as code names for the other block. So then we have Hour of Devastation from when it releases till when Spaghetti releases. So Hour of Devastation's release date is what? Uh, July... 8th or July 14th? I believe July 8th is the pre-release. Let me just check on... Didn't you... I thought you had it down there. Okay, yeah, July 14th. Alright, so... Hour of Devastation releases on July 14th. Yes. And then the tentative release date for Spaghetti is... October of 2018. So October of 2018. So we've got... July 14th of 2017. That, that's a month more. Till so October that's like 16 months with. Yeah, so we have like July to July is 12 months. Then we have August, September, October. So you're getting plus three months. So your fourth set. Oh, wait, this is October too. So actually, yeah, it's going to be 16 months. Because I was looking at the pre-release date. or not, Yeah, 16 months. Or not, oh, the pre, it's going to be early October because the pre-release is going to be in September. So never mind, it's like 15 and a half or something. All right, so we go We keep from, going up by little bits. We go from early October till early October, actually. Yeah. Or no. Salad is... Salad is... Or no, we have Hour of Devastation in July. Yeah. And then Spaghetti comes in early October. Yeah. So we have July to July is 12 months. And then we have August, September, October. So we get roughly... You know, 15. two and a half more months out of it. So, so where we maybe, used to have them for 18, we now have them for 15. Well, maybe they're trying to uh, fix it slowly instead of just, you know, shocking us with, hey, we're going to slowly, we're going to slow down our print cycles. Because, like, what, we said that Moon has 14 months, right? Yeah, Moon has 14 and months. Then the next one has 15 some months, and the next one might have 16 some months. Well, I mean, the thing is, before, pretty much every set had 18 yeah, I know, but I'm saying, like, they're slowly try. Maybe they might be slowly trying to fix it, so every set continues to have 18. I mean, it's well, possible. Well, see, if they wanted, if they really cared about that, they would have stuck with the rotation that they changed it to before. Yeah. Eldritch Moon and Shadow Over Innistrad are going to rotate out at the same time as they would be with this. It's just other sets are going to see more time. Yeah, like... Like, basically, if they stuck with what they had... <coughs> Innistrad and Moon would still have less time, but it wouldn't be so significant. Yeah, like, I feel like the big problem that we hit here is when I heard that we were going back to the annual rotation and, you know, we... So, it's hard because when you plan for one transition after hearing it, and then you assume that the next transition is going to follow that pattern, um, it makes it a little hard to, like, make the switch in thought process. 
So we had the Origins Dragons rotation, and we were expecting, you know, the Battle Oath rotation by itself, the Shadows Moon rotation by itself, the Kaladesh Aether Revolt rotations by themselves. Yeah. So what happens when you start to plan for these blocks to rotate by themselves is, you know, basically hearing that two of these blocks are going to rotate together just completely shatters, like, the thought process behind everything you got planned. Mm-hmm. So when... I hear that Shadow's Moon are going to see, well, Moon specifically is going to see 14 months, which is like four months less than any other previous set. Right. It's just mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Because normally, like, that's more than a gap between the next set release. So what I think they should have done is transitioned back into this. Yeah, you know, we're going to rotate blocks, and then after we do the block rotation, where, you know, we lose... Oath, uh, we, were, we lose Battle Oath. We still have Shadows uh, Moon for Amon Cat Hour of Darkness. Mm-hmm. And then whenever Codename Ham comes out, you go back to the, like, 18-month one, so to speak. And then you keep it on that rotation until we get to Milk and Cookies. Unless, of course, they're going to plan to set these into blocks of their own. Like, right now, I'm looking at an unofficial source. I'm just looking at, like, a Wikipedia page. And it shows them split up in the blocks. This could probably also change. Yeah, I mean, it could, but Wizards seems to like having this two-set structure because it makes it easier on R&D. You don't have to worry about, you know, is set three going to be a big set? Is it going to be a small set? Back during original Innistrad, set three was a standalone set for draft. So your drafts were Shadows, 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 Moon, and then Triple Avacyn Restored. That's how drafts went back then. Because it's like, well, we want Avacyn Restored to be another big set. This gives them more focus and clarity on what they're doing now. So they don't have that problem come up, so to speak. Right. So it just seems like every time they do something that diverges from something, it, it kind of causes new problems, essentially. Right. So they just really need to kind of buckle down on what they're doing in one yeah. thing before they can work on other things. Right. And for, like, for example, sorry, it's just fine. the idea of removing the core sets and changing the rotation at the same time mm-hmm. was Seemed kind of kind of too brash. They had to do one and then the other and then kind of work out with the kings well, of like, one before moving on. To I the think next the thing. problem is whenever they switch two things at once, they didn't know what both of them would have done to standard, but now that they see what it did, they might not necessarily like it like they wanted to. Because now they're changing it again. They're trying to fix the problems that they wronged previously. Now, my question is, why are they changing it back? What reasons have they given? Like, why do they feel they need to change it? So, with the recent rotation that happened, um, you know, for an example, going back to the Dragon's Origins thing. Yeah. They feel that Standard rotated too quickly on the 18-month basis. It didn't so, rotate quick enough because Collected Company. Yeah, I mean, Collected Company was really bad. People were really thankful for the quick rotation. But since the rotation happened six months earlier than it did previously, it kind of caught everybody off guard. And, yeah, some people, like, look at standard turnout. Standard turnouts were, like, pretty low. A lot of people just didn't have their decks around by the time game day came because everything rotated six months faster. Also, it probably could have had to do that Kaladesh was kind of a garbage set. Like, it had great stuff. Kaladesh but is sweet. 
The well, Goddess I mean, is really good. For construct, well, it didn't really compete too much with cards that were already out, and the few cards that were usable in that set worked great with older cards. For example, Fumigate and Selfless Spirit. Selfless Spirit came out of nowhere and is now like double the value it was because Fumigate made it amazing. People went, what? what? It's fucking true! The value that's of that true. card has spiked like hell. That's true, but I've been looking at you like this since you said Kaladesh didn't do anything by itself. Kaladesh created an entire archetype. There's an entire deck that's almost exclusively Kaladesh block constructed. Yeah, Boros <laughs> vehicles, but the thing is, there's more... That was like the instant... It's like every time when a, like, a new format begins, the first thing you see is aggro. The first right. thing you see is intense aggro, and now we're seeing more control again. Right, but you're also seeing a lot of cards from Kaladesh in those decks. Yeah, but the thing was, they are basically supporting cards that already existed. Well, I mean, we're that's how standard works. Yeah, right. we're still seeing Avacyn. We're still seeing, you know, we're seeing Torrential Gearhulk now with... Uh, like, Unlicensed Disintegration, yeah, another like, Kaladesh card. Yeah, but we're also seeing Declaration and Stone making a comeback as well, because not a lot of people were playing that before the rotation, and now it's being played more again. And then, like, Glimmer of Genius and Aether Hub are also, like, format-defining. Aether well, Hub is amazing. Aether Hub specifically. Glimmer of Genius Glim less so, because yeah, it's more Glimmer for the control decks. We I'm kind of wish it was more playable is. than it was, but it's... Well, it's... He said Kaladesh didn't really do yeah, much. Yeah, I know, I, but I... You're saying Kaladesh didn't do much for, what, standard? Yeah. Well, it didn't do much as a set on its own. Like, yes, it made Boros vehicles, but that's its shtick. But what, that's it's what it's expected to do. No, Kaladesh set? is the big set. It's a big set. Revolt's the small set. Okay, but... So, the thing with standard is, most of the stuff that comes out in the future, like, we got Torrential Gearhulk and maybe, like, a few other good rares, but, like, mm -hmm. it, we got a few good rares and then a bunch of other bad stuff. But, yeah. like... That's generally how sets work. Like, Avacyn was good from the start. Yeah. So yeah, she just got slotted into whatever she wanted. Right. Torrential Gearhog. Just going on its own. Right. Kind of gets slotted in wherever it wants. Right. But, like, that's how things work, though. Like, we didn't really have a control deck. Now we have, what, two control decks in the top eight of Pro Tour. Well, yeah. first and right. second in Pro Tour. But that's Tour. largely on the back of Torrential Gearhog. I know. Though. That's my point, though. Like, they're... They didn't do much for Standard, but what they did, what Kaladesh did for Standard was it completely shifted the meta in a way where, like, yes, aggro was really big for the first week, or whatever it is, mm -hmm. and it was strictly Kaladesh aggro. I just, I just feel like saying that this rotation caught people off guard is kind of a cop-out, to be honest, because I... I know I was still fielding questions of, hey, when does this rotate? What rotates? When does it rotate? Right. And I tried and my best to make sure. Thing. But the problem was, they made the change because I remember, I started when cons came out. So I remember, you know, playing with the Theros block and then the cons block as it was revealed, you know. Mm -hmm. And just having that eight set standard where it's like, well, we're still seeing a bunch of the same cards, so... I mean, I so realistically, you know, according to your own words that you just said, Kaladesh has actually had a bigger impact than previously. Well, okay, so here's like it created new. Well, it didn't it, create it, new it, archetypes, but it opened up previously. It existing literally archetypes. created a new card type. Well, not card type, but a new card mechanic with vehicles. Right. Yeah. And so a new it did. Deck. It does. Yeah, but that deck is not. I don't know. Like. 
I remember when Looter Scooter was in every deck in the top eight, and we made sure to point that out, and mm-hmm. then that started to peter off. Yeah, because yeah. control decks started to pick up, people got used to combating it. Yeah, I mean, people started picking up Harness Lightnings and Murders to combat them instead of, like, Ruinous Paths and... Yeah, and Deccan Stones. Yeah. Like, they started to pick up their instant speed removal. Yeah. Like, that's just what formats do. They shift whenever something becomes too strong. But, so, I actually kind of liked what the rotation was before they just switched it again. Mm-hmm. Where, what, we had... It was... Dragons and Origins rotated, yep. and yeah, now we real, have this. The real horror would have been if they're like, we're changing rotations, like, Dragons is staying six more months. Of I remember playing... <laughs> oh, loaded! I may have actually stopped playing Standard, if we were going to be honest. Well, the thing is, they're giving me a reason to not be very happy, because that means we're getting an extra like six months of Eldrazi. Well, like, I remember playing not. with them. Huh? But we're not. Hey. We're shorting one set by four months. Yeah, we're shorting the last, one. the one with... The one with Emrakul, yeah. which, admittedly, I gotta eat crow on saying Emrakul is bad. Emrakul is pretty decent. However, comma, Ulamog. Ulamog. The one I actually don't like dealing with. Can, can I go to my, <laughs> my topic? Yeah, we'll know? let Gigi finish his, and then I have one I want to throw in when we were talking... I already forgot it again. <laughs> See, now, I like the set... I, 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 like, I didn't like the original rotation. I like whenever they switched it. Because they made it a little bit shorter for people, which amazingly is kind of hard for, you know, like... It's harder for casual players. Yeah, um, but, like, I hated it whenever, like, you would go to a tournament, oh, Mono Black Devotion, Mono Black Devotion, because, like, it had such a good card pull because it had so many sets. Yeah. It's like, oh, hey, I'm just going to play the best card from this set, this set, this set, this set, and this is my deck. Yeah. Have fun beating it. So, here's the thing. When... I remember this very fondly because I got to play uh, Blue-White Control during this time. When Return to Ravnica block rotated, Mono Black Devotion died, and the cards in it, a lot of the cards in it were still in standard. Yeah. Great Merchant Asphodel was still around. Thoughtseize was still around. The deck died because it lost Pack Rat, it lost Desecration Demon, it yeah. lost uh, Underworld Connections, it lost all of its like good power cards. Mm-hmm. Like, it like, just got, it, it would have won without a card having devotion in its name. Well, so basically, that's like yeah. point counterpoint is that, you know, we can see the, just the power drain out of these oppressive decks, but also it's just the idea that we let them sit for so long. Well, like, uh, so here's the thing that I don't like what Wizards is doing. It's not about the rotations, it's about the sets mechanics themselves. Yeah. They don't like to print hate cards. Like, I highly doubt that we're going to see Graveyard Hate in this set or any set until Prize of Malcolm and Scrappy Chandra rotate. I really hope we get it soon because that deck is I becoming ho- a very real I, I hope we do, but really? Wizards yes. specifically said that they're like, okay, so the first whatever one or two sets, we'll let you do whatever you want to do. We're not going to try to stop you, which is like why we had Collective Company for so long before we got Hollowed Moonlight. Yep. Well, like, Hollowed Moonlight came immediately afterwards. Was it? Yeah, it was okay. in Origins. It rotated with it. Yeah. It's just nobody cared about yeah, it. Yeah, nobody like, fucking played it. I was the only one that was like, hey, this card's good, and everybody's like, no, and I'm like, oh, okay. Well, the other thing is, Collected Company flew under the radar for so long. Yeah. Well, until we got, like, Reflector Mage, which made the deck absurd. Yep, when we got Reflector Mage. Odrazi uh, Displacer. Yep. Uh, Dustwatch Recruiter. Yep. You know, a card advantage engine that's hittable off of that. Spell Queller. Yeah. I mean, Spellcaller helped push the deck over the top. It was already a good deck. Yeah. And before, we just, instead of Collective Company, it's Panharmonicon Company. <laughs> Calling it. 
Basically. All ATVs. All right. Anyways. <laughs> um, so this brings me back to the thing I thought of whenever this was like probably 10 minutes ago. When Tim had mentioned, you know, R&D switches their what they're doing and we lose focus to varying degrees. Yeah. Like, you know, when we went from three sets to two sets in a block, when we went from the annual rotation to the three block rotation back to the annual rotation. Um, one of the things that actually ended up, you know, being lost, so to speak, in this transition was they had written out all of the story for Battle for Zendikar block. Yeah. And it was supposed to be Battle, Oath, and whatever the one was where they killed Emrakul too. Hmm. So Emrakul ended up on Eldritch Moon, well, on Innistrad in Eldritch Moon because of an R&D, like, you know, oh, hey, Missed guess that. we want to clean this up still. So basically they were going to kill off all the Eldrazi. Yeah, they were going to take care of all three Titans in that block. Right. But then they went from the three-set block to the two-set block, and now we have a Titan left roaming around. Well, in the moon. Well, kind of. Well, Imprisoned in the moon. It was left unanswered because we didn't have the third set. Yeah, it was okay. left unanswered until we got moon, which was technically the third set, but yeah. not really. Yeah, that was... Yeah. <laughs> but, like, that's just one of those things that happens whenever they switch stuff. Right. And, like, yeah, it's just they, they just did too much at once where they ditched the core sets and changed the rotation, but didn't think about the, the ramifications of ditching those core sets and changing the rotation at the same time, and now changing it back, they're in the same pickle without that core set. So, so what's the yeah. lore reason that Emrakul is on Moon? Tammy, Mahiri Porter, huh? Oh, you mean why she's in the Moon? No, like why? Why she just? Oh, why she, she showed just, up in the shadows? Yeah, just showed up. Uh, Nahiri was pissed that uh, Nahiri was mad at Sorin for leaving the Titans trapped on Zendikar and not helping, and then not yes. coming back when they got released. So oh, Nahiri okay. was basically like, "I'm going to obsessively." Poke around in the blind eternities until I can pull Emrakul into Innistrad. Well, the other thing is, Sorin threw Nahiri into the Hell Vault and just left her there to rot. Yeah. So <laughs> when Liliana broke the Hell Vault to get Grizzlebrand out, well, when Thalia broke the Hell Vault to get Grizzlebrand out, because Liliana managed to get Thalia to do that by telling her Avison was in there too, Nahiri was released with it. Yeah. And then Nahiri got super pissed off. That Soren didn't come to help when the Titans got released, and she basically went, "Well, if my home was gonna get destroyed, so is yours." Yeah, she basically Fuck went nutter butters. Like it was, it was. And fucked. then she went and warped all the planes' mana, which is why you had like cryptolith rites. How like the weird curvy, the statuesque, pointy things, thingies yeah. were the ones there. that pointed at the Drown Yard Temple, which is where that card mm-hmm. comes from. Um, comes from. The here he basically like, used Metalocalypse. Now that card comes from. Nahiri basically used that as the focal point for pulling Emrakul from the Blind Eternities to Innistrad. Which I think is on Cokes from the Blind Eternities. This is what happens when I actually read a block's lore. Um, (laughs) So Nahiri just goes, hey, come here. And then Emrakul's just like, yeah, I want to do this. I'll fuck this shit up. Except uh, she was actually physically there and tied to the plane for that as well, wasn't she? So I'm not sure... How that worked exactly. I don't know if Nyssa had to bind her to the plane like she did previously. Or if Nahiri's doing that actually bound Emrakul to the plane itself. Right. Because if I remember right, she was just going to let Emrakul run her muck forever. Mm-hmm. And just leave her be and keep screwing up Soren's homeworld. Right. Well, she's a dick. 
Well, I think... Well, it was... It was a vengeful, crazy ex-girlfriend move. Where it's <laughs> like, hey, I'm mad at you. I'm going to burn your house. But the ghost that came here to burn it with me is going to stay here and never bother anybody else again. Because, like, if I remember right, Emrakul actually couldn't leave the plane. Right. Oh, God. Eldrazi are stupid. Eldrazi are stupid. Anyways, um... Oh, yeah, Make America Photogon... Or, yeah, Make America Photogon again, Eldrazi 2016, Eldrazi four more years. There, I got all those in. <laughs> I, I've been, Those are, like, my hashtags on Twitter that I use whenever I'm angry about this shit. Because they, they just decided to, uh... This is first when they printed Emrakul. Well, when they spoiled Emrakul, and then when they were like, rotation change, dickheads, you're going to have Battle on Oath for a while longer. Like, okay, all right, it's good, it's good. Not even mad. Tilt. Fucking furious. <laughs> Tilted. Um, so there's uh, another... Hate Ulamog so much. Annoying topic that we have to talk about. I mean, are we done with this annoying topic? I mean, is there anything you? else we really need to go over? I mean... I mean, is there anything else you want to talk about? Wizards R and D sucks. Yeah, yeah. They to do. some degree, like we appreciate you know what? that you're trying, but Wizards R and D is fucked up. But guess what? Gives us an excuse to do this. So, thanks, Wizards. Thanks for being shit. So, <laughs> well, I don't yeah, we got we got time for another topic. Well, I mean, here's one real quick from you know my standpoint as a small business owner, as a card shop owner, yeah, as somebody who plays the game a lot, judges, etc. So, Eldritch Moon was already the hard sell because it was the small block, it was unpopular, it didn't have expeditions, masterpieces, any of the shiny bells and whistles to pull yeah. anybody in. Yeah. Um, it had, like, five cards, so to speak, that people cared about. A you know, new Flare, Grim Flare, Emrakul, Liliana, I think Prize of Malcolm was from that block, but it's only a couple bucks, so it's Innistrad. not super exciting. That one's from Innistrad. In okay. Shadows, yeah. All right, so we have Emrakul, Liliana, Grim Flare, uh, Spellcrawler... And Selfless Spirit now, I guess, well, yeah, is our number now five. now Selfless Spirit, yeah. Uh, the previous number five on the list was Eldritch Evolution, because it's a good... It's, like, that card's going to be a modern staple. Yeah. Yep. Um, mm, agreed. It's already started to prove its way and work into Kiki Court and stuff like that. So, like, we have six cards, so to speak, that people care about, and, like, four of them don't matter after a rotation happens. Yeah. Um, so, it was a hard sell to begin with, because there's so few cards that are, you know, valuable and worth pulling and such... Now that it's only going to be in for 14 months, I expect to see even less Eldritch Moon sales. Mm. I'd imagine so. Because, um, like, there's a handful of cards in it that are worth a decent bit, but you have to be lucky enough to open those cards. Yeah. And now Most that they're going to be mythics. rotating faster, it's going to be even harder. Yeah, they're all Mythics, actually, except for Spirit, Spirit uh, Selfless Spirit. Spellcrawler and Eldritch Evolution, and those ones are like the cheap ones. Selfless Spirit's the big one now at like nine bucks, somewhere around there, yeah. Which makes me sad for selling mine for like five a piece or something. I should have kept. Well, those. I mean, the benefits of you know the fast rotation is just everything's a little cheaper in standard, mainly because it moves so fast. Yeah, well, I mean, the big thing that's going to help standard stay cheap is that they did these expeditions of masterpieces. Mm -hmm. So people are just going to be cracking packs yeah, trying to open those because they have, you know, they're a highlight item. They're a big dollar item, so to speak. For the expeditions, more than the masterpieces. Some of the masterpieces are only like 20 or 30 bucks already. Right. Yeah. But it's that's some of them. There's st it's still the Yeah, there's still some of them that are like 130, 150, whatever. Yeah, like... uh. 
I think that really helped. The expeditions really helped uh, Battle and Oath. Yep. Because I think the most expensive card right now is like Gideon at 25. If he's even still hanging on yeah, there. Gideon's mm-hmm. the big guy from Battle, but if you look at the rest of that set, like your next highest card's like five or six bucks or something. Yeah, you don't have no Liliana's around, you know, 42 or some shit. Yeah, like. You don't have any of that. Yeah. Don't quote me on this, but I think Obnixilis Planeswalker is actually the second most expensive card at Battle for Zendikar. And it's like six bucks. Yeah, it's like nothing. Well, I mean, the admittedly, thing is, the reprint didn't help it. No, people are opening what battle for expeditions where we don't have in not even quote, just expeditions and moon, which is why Liliana is going to stay where it's at. I mean, not even just expeditions, expedition fetch lands, yeah, shock yeah. lands, yeah, and the new battle lands. As long with you know, like I mean, the battle lands and. Eh. Mines and I stuff. say that, and I'm still trying to find a prairie stream because I sold one of those too. Kicking myself with all these cards I got rid of. Not all of them, no. <laughs> right. So for curiosity's sake, I actually uh, pulled up Battle for Zendikar price thing. Yeah. Uh, Gideon's currently somewhere around 25 on TCG Player. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you scroll down, and then you hit Intro Packs as the second most expensive item. <laughs> Until you eventually scroll down to Ulamog. We forgot Ulamog. He's rocking I didn't 13. forget about Ulamog. I never forget about so, Ulamog. That's a piece of shit. Here's the price jump. Fuck that guy. Gideon at 25. Fuck him. Ulamog at 13. Oh, fuck him. And then fuck next him. is Obnixilis at $4. Obnixilis is a solid guy. So beautiful and such a talent. And then the lands. Yeah, and then you go to the lands at like three bucks. <laughs> part the water veils two. I actually. So let let's just stop and think about this for a second. I Again, was insisting like, on using Obnixilis for the longest time until I was like, all right, I gotta go blue white. I gotta do this. Yeah. So like, you just look at the set, and you have two cards worth something. When transgress the mind as an uncommon is worth more than like. Yeah. Like, three pages of rares? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, so that'll make Standard more accessible, thankfully. Just a little bit. Because some of the cards, the cards in Eldritch Moon being the most expensive ones, uh, is kind of ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because nobody's going to open it. Yeah. it. It comes down to supply versus demand. The supply for Battle for Zendikar is so high in comparison to the demand, because, one, it's the current longest running set in our standard print run. Right. It has the most appealing, you know, candy as a potential open with, yeah. you know, fetches, shocks. Yeah. Um, technically, the battle lands. Yeah. Uh, but they're, like, the low tier well, of You're it. missing, like, the better of the lands for, like, Eternal Play, which strip mine, wasteland. Well, that's not battle. That's Oath. Oh, is it? Okay, yes. yeah, that's right. That's Oath's Expeditions. So you look at battle, and then you've got like this super eye candy of fetches, shocks, tangos, battle lands, whatever you want to call them. I call them tangos most of the time. And like, people wanted to open those so badly that they just ripped through boxes and traded the stuff in. Right. Like we have boxes on boxes full of battle and oath rares because people just wanted to keep opening battle and oath because the reward of the expeditions was so much higher. And the risk was there, and, like, people just like that. Yeah. Quote-unquote gambling, but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, technically to varying degrees, but... I mean, eh, it wasn't it wasn't gambling. They're not getting they're not getting an immediate cash gain there. So, right. no. We can't really liken it to gambling. Otherwise, yeah, really we, otherwise, that would get in a bug in somebody's ear, and then Wizards would be facing more problems. Yeah. So... Because people are stupid, and they'll litigate over everything. 
Yeah, but the thing is, you know, you have a set like that where everything's so cheap because of the expedition reward in it. Right. That that reduced the price of standard so much. Right. Like, if you need cards from battle, cheap. Yeah. Yeah, but unfortunately, I need cards. Well, that's another problem with battle, though, too. It's like they're cheap, but they're also... They've kind of hit their point where nobody's opening anymore, so they're not circulating anymore. Yeah, I mean, they might make their bounce back now. Yeah. Wow. So, let's look at number two on the list of this example real quick for, you know, prices of standard things. Oath of the Gatewatch. Another right. one that has really good expeditions. Right. So, we go through sealed product. You hit Kalitas, uh, Kalitas, whatever you want to call them, at roughly 20 bucks. And yep. then you go through all of the <laughs> intro packs, just like Battle. Yeah. So there's, like, one really good card. So basically the breakout standard deck, whenever all of these sets are out, are going to have Kalitas and Gideon. They're going to be some sort of Orzov monstrosity. So much like actually much like Battle, say. where you went from 25 to, like, 10 to, like, 5, you go 20 to 9, where your second card is Kha'Zix Return. There you go. And Oath of the Gatewatch. 5 for Wandering Fumarole. Four, five for Chandra Flamecaller, four, five for Nyssa, God, four, I five for Chandra... Thoughtnots here, four, Say, five for Eldrazi Displacer. All these cards, man. Chandra Flamecaller, uh, Eldrazi Displacer, fucking Thoughtnot Seer. Oh my god, have they fallen from grace? It's ridiculous. And then you hit Kozilek. Kozilek you know, the was... Titan is three dollars. Kozilek was never really played in standard, though. Then you hit your other Manland, three bucks. Sylvan Advocate. Three bucks. World Breaker, three bucks. Now, Sylvan Advocate Smasher, being three, three, block, three bucks is definitely the shocker there. And yeah, World like, Breaker especially, because those, like, those cards, like, broke open standard when they were yeah, like running if, around, you know? If you want to make standard cheap and drive sales, Wizards did it right with the Expeditions. Yes. Mm-hmm. I will I will 100% say that is that was a super successful selling set. People wanted to buy a lot of it. They wanted to open the Expeditions. They wanted to get their stuff. They wanted that type of reward. Masterpieces, they tried to do the same thing, but they gave us some kind of weird and disappointing masterpieces. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, like, it's because they can't put, like, the mocks in as masterpieces. Well, yeah, but you can put something better than Champion's Helm. Yeah. You think? I guess there were no well, shitters no. in, uh... Okay, so here- what, the first... The first run of ex- expeditions from Zendikar were, what, ten fetches, ten shocks, five bat... Five tangos, right? Yeah, the five new battle lands. And then, like, the second set was, like, Strip all these mine, crazy... horizon canopy. Like, utility lands, and then, like, the, mm-hmm. the lands that tap for double of a color. For yep, ancient tomb, stuff like that. But, yeah, so basically, like, they went ham on that, and it really paid off. But then, like, there, so there weren't a lot of stinkers in those first two. You got... So, like, I had an Eye of Ugin expedition, I think it was. Was it Eye of Ugin? Yeah, it was Eye, Eye of Ugin. Ugin's probably one of your biggest stinkers, if we're going to be honest. And that's only because it got banned after it got printed. So, so I actually want to talk about something about that real fast. Okay. So the, the uh, what is the, ma- the not the masterpieces, those things, the expeditions. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, they were printed, like whatever. Their lands were were printing lands as expeditions, whatever. Um, but with the inventions, they're they want to keep it kind of driven by the lore, where like people on Kaladesh could have invented these things. Right. Using Aether and whatever. Um, which puts you into a weird point because then you can't, you know, just randomly put mocks in there because I doubt anyone on Kaladesh would make mocks. Like, I mean, like, there's maybe some better stuff. 
to print, like maybe like a Chalice of the Void or something. So, like, Chalice of the Void engineered explosives, especially if we're going into something called... So, we have somebody that, uh... Rashmi... Eternity. Eternity Crafter. Yeah. So, like, Chalice of the Void could be something she would make as a mm-hmm. masterpiece. Uh, engineered explosives, because it's Aether Revolt well, we're going I mean, to be fighting. We're, we're also just, you know, on the first set here, and we have another, what, 20-some masterpieces that we still need to get? I think we have 23 more? And to be fair, masterpieces aren't something that we really know the limits of because it's yeah. the first set and they're going to be in every set from now on. Mm-hmm. Well, they're all going to have a different name, too. I will be unsurprised if people just start calling them all expeditions because that was our original. Well, but, like, it's supposed to be, like, expeditions, then masterpieces. Well, I guess it's going to be part of the masterpiece yeah, series. Yeah, they're all going and to be. And then it's yeah. blank, blank Invent- Yeah, they're these are inventions. They're all going to be masterpieces. These are inventions, but basically they're just treasure cards. Yeah. Yes. Uh, the, they're for Which we had back in original Zendikar as well. Yes. So, you know, but Zendikar those, 2 those was a good time to bring were Yeah, they were your actual duels, ridiculous. your mocks and potential yeah. Black Lotus, yeah. Power 9, stuff like that. That stuff was goddamn ridiculous. It just seems like... Yeah, it was actual stuff on the reserve they're, list. They're going downhill a little, I think. Which, I mean, talking about the reserve list, I mean, are we done with Masterpiece and everything now? I as guess, because this is a good transition into it. Well, I don't, you know, I don't really feel like we have enough time to go into a new topic, though. Because if we we would have started it like 10 minutes ago, I'd have been like, yeah. But we continued this rant, so I don't think we can... Well, we also talked about, you know, the price of standard being more affordable for people, how this quick rotation affects it, yeah. how the long rotation didn't. Right. And I felt like, you know, pointing out the expeditions, the masterpieces, what happened to Battle to Oath was a good example. Right. Because, like, you can't... I mean, I guess you can kind of make that comparison to, like... Shadows and Moon, but it's not because there's, like, random candy to open in yeah. your pack. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, like, so there's a, a blatant problem with, you know, just printing just straight powerful cards as masterpieces. Because they want the cards to tie lore into the masterpieces. Like, they want the set to tie in the lore. Um, people are speculating that, you know, since we got lands... Now we have artifacts. Yeah. We might get, like, creatures, enchantments, maybe even planeswalkers at some point. Actually, to be fair, uh, lands and Zendikar did tie into that. So that yeah, I know. Was a and then artifacts piece. tied yeah. into to Kaladesh. Kaladesh. Yeah. And then the next set's about Nickel Bloss, which is a planeswalker. Yeah. So... So you're, so you're suspecting that our next masterpiece set's going to be Planeswalkers. I, I'm not saying that it's going to be Planeswalkers, but like I'm not going to say that it's not going to be one specific type of card. Right. Like, the next ones could be enchantments or um, creatures. Or enchantment creatures. Mm-hmm. Oh, that actually goes back to what I wanted to do. Uh, since we're going to Egypt, and you did say enchantment creatures... We can probably get the gods as masterpieces. Uh, there's actually speculation that that's going to be wave one of the masterpieces. Mm-hmm. Is the fifteen gods from Theros? Mm-hmm. I want I want Karanos and Fenax. Karanos yeah. and Fenax, mine. I don't think goes. <laughs> yeah, there's theory that there's going to be the fifteen gods from Theros and then ten other ones in big block. That's pretty sweet. Ten well, new ones. Well, ten, well, ten other. Whatever they're called. Kind of other enchantments or... Yeah, like, maybe it'll be the five god weapons that we have and something else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Damn, son, there it is. There it is. I'm on board. There's... Yeah, and then it'll be like... So, if that's our 20, you know, five single-colored gods, ten mono... Or ten dual-colored gods, 
five gob weapons, then we have five spots left for a new one, so that kind of fits in, in the that first thing. Set, yeah. But admittedly, this time it's all from one block where we didn't have that in the other ones. Mm, it was well, kind of spread across Magic's history in the other ones. Yeah. Mm. Especially in Wave 2. Well, I where mean, this time so, in Masterpieces uh, for the Inventions, we actually got a good smattering of Magic's history. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think about this? Well, like, we get ten gods in the first set, five... Well, five gods in the first set, ten gods in the second set, or It'd whatever. also be kind of an overlap, though, because we're talking about god weapons, which are artifacts, aren't they? They're legendary... Enchantments. Enchantment artifacts. Yes. Mm. But they're still enchantments. Yeah. And the gods are legendary enchantments. Okay. Creatures as well, but... Yeah. Um, so, like, we get, say, gods, the weapons, maybe, like, the ley lines... It's it's possible that we just get fifteen gods, ten ley lines. It's a possibility. Confirmed. <laughs> Not confirmed. Half Life Three confirmed. Oh shit! Wrong wrong category podcast for that. <laughs> Whoops. I feel like people will get it. I'm, I'm sure. Um. Dumb dumb dumb. <laughs> I, I think that's it. Don't just say um when you've got nothing else to say. I was like sitting here on the edge of my fucking seat like, what does Gigi have to say now? I am so impelled to listen to the things that you're about to say. And then you well, say Well, okay, so since we're speculating. I'm never listening to you again. Shut up. So, speculating no, 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 on the next no, 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 no. one. Shut up, Tim. I'm not talking to you. <laughs> I'm not listening to you. <laughs> wow. Damn. Fine, I'll talk to them. Well, you well, should good. be anyway. Um, so since we have, you know, our first set of. Uh, master inventions in Kaladesh. Right. Uh, what are the speculated inventions of the next set? I know we're speculating the God rest of the swords. Um, <laughs> yeah, we're speculating the other two swords. Umazawa's jit has strong potential. Chalice of the Void. Well, okay, so I'm going to go back to, you know, Umazawa's jit. Um, that was specifically for Kamigawa. Mm-hmm. Because it was somebody on Kamigawa's weapon. Right. They Since they want to tie it in with lore, they're not going to be like, Oh, Umazawa just kind of randomly planeswalked here, and now we have his weapon. Da, 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 da. Except Umazawa was a planeswalker. Was he? Yeah. Shit. <laughs> Tetsuo Umazawa was a planeswalker. I'm done. Um, Owned. The I can't remember his son's name for the life of me, but I don't believe he was a planeswalker. But he could walk through shadows. He could so walk he from. Said. He could walk from any shadow on Kamigawa to any other shadow on Kamigawa. I've been doing that That's the whole sweet. podcast. And fun, it's funny. I haven't noticed yet. But anyway. Um. <laughs> okay, that's fair. So, like, we have Chalice, maybe, like, a Trinisphere. Yeah, we could have Three Ball. Sweet. We could have uh, Sphere of Resistance. We could have Thorn of Amethyst. Like, I expect Tangle these... Wire and stuff like that. I expect these ones to be way more, you know, aggressive. Because, like, it's Aether Revolt. They're fighting people now. They're actively battling. It's not mm-hmm. just for show anymore. Well, they're not really they're not really fighting people. They're fighting uh, the Etherlings that are fighting back. Or Etherlings, what were they? The Aetherborn. Huh? Yeah, the Aetherborn. That's it. I've read... I you re- love Aetherlings. Shut up. Actually... I do love Aetherlings. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Is that, good. So, so, we covered everything we... Uh, I feel like that covers it sufficiently now. Because, like... We mentioned the price of standard. I feel like we should have brought up the uh, that we'll transition. The, we'll do the other one next week. Yeah, yeah. We we, we discussed uh, talking about, and this is going to set up what next week um, legacy and uh, things that are going on with that in regards to. Unlimited <laughs> this isn't wizards' mistake because it's not no, wizards it's not, doing it's it. Not wizards, do- but well, 
Wizards, still, it's Wizards still... enforcing and controlling the reserve list is what is causing this to happen. Right. right. So Wizards is still, though they're not directly. actively directly causing this, they are muddling it quite a bit and kind of influencing mm-hmm. it from yep. you know the outside. But anyway, we'll talk about that next week. Um, and I, I do actually want to apologize that we didn't. Uh, we usually record on Monday nights, which that's been switching to Tuesdays lately for reasons outside of our control. But uh, we were going to do a Halloween episode. We didn't really have the time to put anything together or any ideas or anything like that. So we just wanted to make sure that you had a safe and uh, happy Halloween um, whenever that happened in relation to when this comes out. Because I don't know. It would probably be yesterday because I think this is coming out tonight as soon as we're done recording. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, happy that. And also, uh, I guess... Check uh, the candy. Yes, make sure you check your kids' candy. I'm say uh, it's a new thing for me this year. Is I uh, I'm quality assurance. So far, every Reese cup and Twix bar that I've inspected has uh, been good. Well, well, being all of this <laughs> happened last night, and candy has probably already been checked and consumed. Uh, just bear that in mind for next year. Memory lapse. The podcast, Magic the Gathering podcast, uh, wants you to stay safe. And uh, if you found uh, this podcast really boring, it's your own fault because you haven't sent us emails at memorylapsepodcast at gmail.com. I was so, about to uh, say our trick-or-treat bag is a little empty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is very empty because we haven't gotten an email for several weeks, and uh, that makes me very sad. So, yeah, make sure you, uh, you get a hold of us with your questions and your deck lists and your brew requests and all that other ridiculous shit that Superfan Travis usually sends us but apparently doesn't listen to us anymore. But uh, no. uh, I'm Tim, and I am saying goodbye. I'm Jinji. Bye. This is Tyson. See you guys next time. Uh-huh. Uh...